Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson in the great outdoors. I was just saying I wasn't sure everything was working. Let me know in the chat if it is. It sounds like on my end everything is working. The audio is working. The video is working. It looks like we'll be able to have an outdoor lesson. I'm very, very happy about that. Um, I want to mention a couple things. One is it's very, very windy outside today. Uh, let's go to the river cam. You can see the leaves moving in the tree a little bit. Uh, in order to protect myself, I did actually park my van right there. Uh, maybe I can show you quickly. My van is right there beside me, protecting me from the wind. Hopefully I put my camera back in the right spot now. But I am happy to be here today. It is still beautiful here in Ontario, Canada. It will, of course, get colder every week as we move into fall but as it stands it looks like we'll be able to do a lesson outside today and hopefully in a couple weeks uh, we'll be able to do a lesson outside again if you're not sure who i am or what you just clicked on i'm bob the canadian i teach english here on youtube i make usually a shorter video every tuesday about six to ten minutes long where i teach an english concept and then on fridays i do a lesson like the one we did yesterday on fixing and repairing and on Saturdays, when the weather's nice, I sit outside and I answer questions from everyone. You're probably wondering, where is the link to the form? The link to the form that you can use to ask questions just appeared in the description below. And it's also shared in the chat by Todd and Dave. Hey, before we get started, let me say hi to Todd and Dave. I've seen Todd. I'm not sure I've seen Dave. If Dave isn't here, maybe Todd could text him. Uh, Todd and Dave, busy people these days. Busy, busy people. Sometimes it's easy to forget there's a live lesson. Um, I do want to say hi to Brent from American English with this guy. Brent just crossed 6,000 subscribers on his channel this week. Uh, I think he did a live stream this morning to celebrate that. If you uh, have not visited his channel, it's called American English with this guy. Go check it out. Watch a few videos. Say hi and congratulate him. But congratulations, Brent. Uh, for that crossroads. Always fun to see a channel grow. Uh, let's get started. Let me uh, see if the questions are coming in. It looks like they are. Let me get the first question on the screen. And I should actually click this button, shouldn't I? So the question shows up. By the way, I will go to, um, let's see here. Uh, I will go to uh, the webcam on the river every once in a while so you can get a view. I did put the picnic table, the chair, and the bench out so you can choose your seat if you're using your imagination to be here. Ruslan says, hello, our great teacher Bob. Thank you for your awesome lessons. I wish you 1 million subscribers as soon as possible. You know, everything in time, Ruslan, I think for me, I've mentioned this before, I do it's a little cold out here, by the way. I do enjoy seeing the subscriber number grow. But what I like more is when I see a lot of people leave comments on how a video or English lesson was helpful. My, my goal is always to make a good lesson. And if lots of people watch it and subscribe, that's a bonus for me. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Mike. And the question is, hi, Bob. Could you use these in example sentences to do a 180? slap happy and to vilify thanks so if you do a 180 it means you change your mind okay so if i was going to vote for the liberal party in canada 
And then all of a sudden on election day, I voted for the conservatives. I would say that I did a 180. Uh, in the United States, if you were going to vote Democrat and then you decided on the day of the election to vote Republican, we would say you did a 180. And it doesn't just have to apply to politics. Um, it can apply to anything in life where you change your mind to the point where you go in a completely different direction than people would have expected. Um, and then slap happy is an interesting one. Um, slap happy is an older word. I think it just means to be very, very happy. I'm actually looking it up for a sec. Um, let's see here. Because it's not something we use that often anymore. Slap happy. To, he, casual or flippant in a cheerful and often irresponsible way. So there you go. Not a very common word for me in these parts. Uh, and then vilify. Uh, vilify is when you're portrayed as being bad. Like if, if the newspaper writes an article and they say things that are really bad about you, you would say that you were uh, vilified. Um, not a nice thing. Let's look that up as well. To speak or write about someone in a bad or rude manner or disparaging. So there you go. Uh, let me see here. Next question. I'm once again clicking all the wrong buttons. That just happens sometimes. Mirage has the next question. Uh, let me do an audio check for a sec. It is windy, but I think the van is doing a good job of protecting us from the wind. Uh, let's see here. Mirage says, how would you phrase these two phrases? Hit the spot and hit the mark. So sometimes I'm really thirsty in the, in the morning. And then I work and I go and I get a big uh, cold drink of water and it hits the spot. So often when you are thirsty and you have a drink, you'll say it hits the spot. Um, when you hit the mark, it means you did what you expected to do. So a good example would be yesterday, I did a lesson on fixing and repairing and I hit the mark. That means the entire lesson was about fixing and repairing and I think I did a good job on it. By the way, if you didn't see that lesson, you can still watch it. It's up on my channel and a shorter version of it will be out tomorrow. I'm going to make sure I don't skip questions either. I know yesterday we had a problem with the mouse. I'm using a different mouse today, so hopefully that helps. Um, next question is from Lizianthus. Hi, sir. Have you ever been to Vietnam? If yes, what? I'm going to rephrase this. What did you find the most attractive? I have not been to Vietnam. I'm sure if I visited, I would probably love the food. I would probably love the city. I would probably love the people a lot. I'm sure it is a beautiful place to go. Um, Let's see here. Next question from Sarah. What's the difference between in time and on time? And what does it mean when they put to see a boat hit another boat? So it's kind of a little bit different in that sense. Hopefully those two examples help you piece that together. Next question from Nishant. How can I work on my English grammar? So there's a couple ways to work on grammar. One theory is to just do a lot of listening and do a lot of reading and you will kind of absorb the grammar rules. As you get a lot of what's called comprehensible input, your mind just starts to figure it out a little bit. I think that's true, but I also think it's very worthwhile to read and study grammar specifically. I know for myself as a language learner, 
listening and reading to a lot of things is helpful, but sometimes it's nice to just do some grammar exercises or read an explanation of why there are certain rules. It can be quite helpful uh, to understand it. Let's see here. Um, Federica says, how did school in Canada work when you were a child? So you can see things blowing around a little bit here. When I was a child, um, I went to kindergarten when I was five years old. It was half a day. I went in the, oh, I can't remember now. I think I went in the morning and came home at lunch. Uh, I went on a bus. When I started grade one, I went to school for a full day, which is about a six and a half hour school day. And that continued right through until grade 12 when I graduated. So when I was a kid, I started by going to school at age five for half a day and then started full day school after that. Hey, I'm going to go to River Camp for a sec. As I'm doing that, I want to thank the 316 people who are watching. It is very cool to have all of you here. If you are new here, don't forget to click that red subscribe button over in the corner and you will get notified when I do another English lesson. So hopefully you're enjoying the view. Let me get the next question ready while you are doing that. Uh, let's see here. Next question is from Judith. Hi, Bob. Have a great weekend. Can you pronounce iridescent and describe its meaning? So it has something to do with light. I don't want to get the definition wrong. So I'm going to look it up for a second. I think it's when something glows. That's my uh, guess at it. Showing luminous colors that seem to change when seen from different angles. So I'm sort of correct. There are some animals where like the scales of a fish in different angles, there's different colors that you see. Um, but I think iridescent is more something that actually emits light and has different colors of light coming out of it. Um, iridescent. Should I make sure I pronounce it correctly? Let me click the uh, iridescent. The Google guy said it the same way that I say it. So sometimes I like to check because you never know if you say something incorrectly. Even English speakers sometimes pronounce words wrong. Tryptopal, hello Bob. When did you really start learning French? Why? Thank you for your honesty. I started learning French in kindergarten. A la maternelle? Wait, c'est ça le mot? I think that's the word. Um, I learned my colors. J'ai appris mes couleurs. Orange, vert, rouge, etc. Um, and then after that, it just continued. In Canada, uh, English-speaking children learn French uh, every, uh, at every level. So you learn a little bit in kindergarten and then from grade one to grade nine for about eight years, you have French for about 20 minutes twice a week. So it's not a lot of language learning, but it's enough to learn, um, your colors, your shapes, um, how to describe the weather, how to tell what time it is, how to ask for directions, uh, tous les petits choses comme ça, all those little things. Uh, let's see here. So Kurdish has the next one. Hi, Bob. First of all, can you explain the difference between lay down and lie down? Because it's confusing. Finally, please, can you try to explain it in a British accent? Oh, I can't really do a British accent. I can't really do a British accent. Um, but first of all, lay down and lie down are used interchangeably sometimes, and it is wrong. You should not do that, but I do it all the time. I might say, I'm going to lie down and have a nap. I'm going to lay down and have a nap. 
But the real thing that I should be saying is to lie down. Okay, so let's get a description here. Again, in informal speech, many English speakers use these incorrectly, including myself. Okay, um, so the real way that you use lie down, and there's probably many explanations out there. Um, when you lie down, you yourself are lying down, but I can lay my phone down on the table. Okay, so the best way to think about it is to lie involves the person's body and to lay involves something else. Okay. Um, let's see here. I'm just reading up to make sure. Yeah, so the boy laid the newspapers on the stoop. Uh, on rainy days, I like to lie on my couch. So there you go. Let's get to the next question. Freddie from France. Did I do that correctly? I think I did. Hi, Bob. I lately read the phrases once in a blue moon that the last strain tie the knot. What do they mean? Thanks a lot. So once in a blue moon means occasionally, but not often at all. So once in a blue moon, Jen and I go out for dinner. That means that we go out maybe every couple of months. It's not very often, but once in a blue moon, um, once in a blue moon, my brother who lives very far away will come and visit. Um, the other one, the last strain, I think you might mean the last straw. And the last straw is when someone does something um, they do a number of things that annoy you, but the very last thing they do makes you angry or upset. It was the last straw and tie the knot means to get married. I'm not sure if any of you knew that, but when two people tie the knot, it means that they get married. Um, it's, I think we use that quite a bit. Like I was at a wedding a few weeks ago where uh, a young couple tied the knot. They got married. Hey, I just need a sip of water and we'll get to the next question. And let me do a little audio check at the same time. Oh, you guys can hear the ice cubes. You can hear the ice cubes in my... Yeah, I didn't realize you could hear the ice cubes. That's kind of loud and distracting. Maybe I shouldn't be drinking cold water when I do the live stream. Um, hey, let me get to the next question. Uh, it's from Yaroslav. Let me get it on the screen. Yaroslav says, hi, the wisest teacher, Bob. Just want to thank you for all. Take care. You are welcome, Yaroslav. Um, I enjoy doing it. Next question is from Margo. Margo says, hi, Bob. Please explain how to use to get used to versus to get attached. When you get used to something, it means that you know how to use it or you don't mind the effect it has on you. How would I describe that? When it's hot weather, you get used to the hot weather after a few weeks. Initially, hot weather is very hard to be in. It makes you really warm. But after a few weeks of hot weather, you get used to it. It doesn't bother you anymore. Um, when you get attached to something, it means that you really like it. Like I bought this phone a couple of years ago and now I certainly I'm attached to it. When you get attached to something, it means you really, really like it. There's more emotion involved. Second part of the question, my second question is, would you rather use to get worse or to worsen? Thank you. Usually I would say things get worse. 
I hope things don't get worse today. It's quite windy right now. Um, I'll let you have a look. You can see the leaves moving a little bit, but I hope it doesn't get worse. If it gets worse, um, I might have to stop the live stream early. I don't think I would ever do that though. Um, I'll try to keep going no matter what the weather is like. Although if it rained, I might have to go inside. Uh, next question is from Chu Chu. Hi, Teacher Bob. I have a question. If I can understand all topics that you did before, what level do I have in my listening? A1 to C2? Which one is mine? Thanks. So I can't say specifically, but if you have no trouble understanding me during my live streams and during my videos, you are definitely probably around B2. Definitely probably. <laughs> You're not in the C1 because I am not speaking my full speed when I do these lessons. I'm speaking about 10% slower and I'm intentionally pronouncing everything correctly. So you're definitely a B2 if you can understand everything. Now, let me mention this though. You are a B2 in listening. That doesn't mean you're a B2 in speaking or writing or in reading, okay? So uh, good question. I think that that's about where you would be. Hi, Bob. What's the best way to communicate with other people? Please explain. Well, in general, the best way to uh, communicate with other people is with kindness, with a smile on your face. Um, but I think you might be asking, what's the best way to find someone to speak English with? The best way to find someone to speak English with is to look for a language exchange where you can teach someone your language and they can learn yours. Meet at a coffee shop or online on uh, FaceTime or Zoom or something like that. Uh, and then the other way is to just hire someone. Hire someone from a website or app like Cambly or italki or Preply. There is a link to Preply below. You can explore that. Sundari, what is stay gold mean? What does stay gold mean, Teacher Bob? A couple little fixes there. Thank you. May God always bless you. So stay gold. I think this might be from the book The Outsiders by S.C. Hinton. I think... Pony boy either tells someone to stay gold or is told to stay gold. It means to not change and just be a good person, okay? Um, are you reading that book? Maybe that's the book you're reading. If you're wondering how I know, that book is taught in English classes in high school in Canada. Uh, and I've actually taught that book. Let's see here. Andre Padron, what would you say if you are guiding someone who is driving? We don't need the two. Turn to the left, curve or bend to the right, swerve around, stop in front of the building, thanks. So if you were, um, basically we call this person the navigator. Um, that's kind of the formal word. Uh, the informal word would be the person who is giving you directions while you drive. So we would say things like, let me just imagine I'm I'm navigating or I'm the person giving directions. Um, so, sorry, I just made me giggle because I think uh, Brent and his wife are driving right now. Brent is driving and I think his wife's probably the navigator right now. She's probably telling him how to get to where they're going. Um, you would say things like this, stay on this road for four kilometers. Um, at the next light, turn right or at the next light, turn left. At the next intersection, keep going straight. Uh, at the next intersection, turn right. At the next off-ramp, get off the highway. 
Um, those are the kinds of things. We would rarely say curve or bend to the right. We would always use turn. Um, and we would only say swerve if we, if we, if there was something on the road, we say, oh, swerve to the left. Although usually you just say, ah, there's something on the road. Watch out is what I would probably say. Um, and we would, I would say pull up in front of that building. You could say stop in front of the post office. Um, I would most likely say pull up in front of the post office. Both work. Both are totally correct. How windy, how windy will it get? That's the question. Um, I'm not sure you can actually hear the wind. I have the microphone set to only activate when it hears certain frequencies. So you might not hear the wind, but uh, it's definitely windy here. Uh, let's get to the next question. Um, Mode has the next question. I'd like to offer three congratulations. One, to you for getting yet another video to reach 1 million views. Yeah, some of those older videos keep growing. To Brent, remember Brent is American English with this guy. That's his YouTube channel. To Brent for reaching 6K subs. Congratulations, Brent. Big thumbs up. And to Rod for celebrating his first year on YouTube. So Rod, the English teacher, who hangs out in the chat quite regularly as well, uh, reached his first year on YouTube. Very, very cool. Um, Rod and I go way back. Rod and I actually met uh, the summer before this past summer, chatted a lot on Zoom. Um, and uh, I think most recently, Rod and I did a little video together where he asked me questions and I answered them. We did that at the beginning of the summer. So congrats to you two. I'm not going to congratulate myself because, uh, I don't know, that's just a little odd to congratulate yourself, isn't it? I'll give myself a pat on the back later. <laughs> um, this is from Ahmed. Hi, Bob. I have no question today. And I just wanted to tell you that the first video you did on phrasal verbs will never die. So I'm, uh, I'm always surprised at which videos do well. So I make English lessons. For those of you that don't know, they come out on Tuesdays. And then after a few months, some of them start to get more views and then they just keep getting views. Probably the video with the most views is the restaurant video. But certainly uh, the first phrasal verb video has a lot of views as well. Um, yes, I, I hope they keep going. It's kind of nice to see them go. Let's see here. Ayan says, hi, best teacher Bob. What do you do when someone asks you what's up? I say not much or I actually describe what I'm doing. Okay. So if I walk into work and someone says, hey, Bob, what's up? I might say, oh, not much. Or I might say, oh, not much, just heading to class. Or, oh, not much, just uh, doing my hall duty, which is like walking around and making sure students are behaving. One sec. Sorry, my camera does a little weird thing where it's, the screen turns off. Um, so th those are the two things I would say. I would either just say not much um, or I would describe, I might say not much and then describe what I'm doing. Um, if someone walked up right now and said, hey, Bob, what? Uh, what's up? I might say, oh, not much. I'm just doing a live stream. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you in 35 or 40 minutes. Um, let's see here. Renata says, hello, Bob. How would you explain the expression flipping off the flop? 
Now I just enjoy the ride. It's from a song by Katy Perry. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. I don't know the meaning of it. <laughs> I don't know the meaning of that phrase, uh, Renata, flipping off the flop. So flipping off someone. So we have a hand gesture in English where you just have the middle finger up and the other fingers are down. I don't want to do it. Uh, and the slang term for that is to flip someone off. Like if you said someone was, I was driving along and someone drove by and the person was flipping me off. It means they were giving you the finger, the middle finger. Um, I don't know if that's what Katy Perry means, but uh, she might. Um, I'll have to research that. Uh, Eduardo in the super chat says, hey, Bob, good morning. I'm here in Mexico. We have a phrase when someone is multifunctional. We say you're like a Swiss army knife. Do you have some similar phrase in English? Thanks in advance. We simply say multi-talented. Um, that's probably the most accurate description. Like, oh, that person, should I cover my mic when I do that? Um, that person plays six instruments. They're multi-talented or he plays hockey and soccer and the guitar. He's multi-talented. Uh, let's see here. D-O-Y. Hi, Bob. Could you recommend any tips to read faster and get the main idea. Thank you so much. So here's two things I will say. First of all, if you are reading to learn English, don't try to read faster. Try to read at a speed where it's enjoyable, where you are understanding everything. The second thing I would say is this. The more reading you do, the faster you will get at reading. It's just a natural thing with humans. So read a lot. I think that will be very, very helpful. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Sala. Hello, teacher Bob. We want an episode on poems for beginners. So can you please, can you help them to form set? So you can help them to form sentences, please. Yeah, I could do that. The problem is a lot of material is copyrighted and you can't use it, but I could maybe do a lesson at some point on simple poems. Let me put that on my uh, idealist and we'll see what comes of it. I'm no promises though. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure initially I can think of a good way to do a lesson like that. James says, hi, Bob, have a good day. My question, what do disguise and distinguish mean? They look the same. So a disguise, the noun form, a disguise is when you wear a mask and different clothes and maybe a fake mustache and sunglasses so that people don't recognize you, so that people wouldn't know you're who you are, okay? A lot of times when people commit a crime, they'll wear a disguise. Celebrities, really famous people, might wear a disguise when they go out in public because they don't want people to recognize them. But when you distinguish between things, you highlight their differences. So if I wanted to distinguish... Um, yeah, if I wanted to distinguish between the types of shirts I have, I have shirts with collars and I have t-shirts. So let's get a formal definition of to distinguish though. Let's get a good, a good internet definition of that. Meaning of to distinguish. I'm also distinguished looking. That's another way to use it. Uh, recognize or treat someone as different. The child is capable of distinguishing uh, fiction from nonfiction. Okay, so it's the ability to know the difference, to per perceive or point out a difference. That's the definition I was giving. So hopefully that helps, uh, James. Let's go on to the next question. Marcin says, 
Do you think there is something like talent for learning languages? Well, human beings seem to be built to be very, there's a lot of variety. And in that variety, people are better at some things than other people. I'm really good at learning new computer stuff quickly, but I'm not very good at playing football. Um, I'm, what else am I good at? I'm, I think I'm relatively good at explaining things, but um, I'm not really good at writing down the explanations. So I think there's probably some truth to the fact that there are some people who are just really, really good at learning languages. They are really, really talented in that area. It's just the nature of human beings, I think. Uh, Ario says, Hola, Mr. Bob. Could you make a lesson about culture between Canadian culture and American culture? I request a lesson about the culture differences. Thank you. Yeah, I could do this. You know, I think I might want to wait on that until I could do the lesson in person with an American. I think it would be a lot of fun uh, to do a lesson on the cultural differences. What I mean by that, um, things like in some U.S. states, going and watching a high school sports game on a Friday night is very, very uh, popular. In Canada, it's not very popular. In Canada, going to watch a hockey game on a Saturday afternoon or watching hockey night in Canada on the TV is very, very common. So I think I would like to do a lesson like that, but I would like to do it with someone like Brent from American English with this guy where we both sit down and actually talk about it. But good one. I'll put that on the idea list as well. Let's go to uh, no display. I think you can actually see, <laughs> you can actually see the, the, the back of my van. I must have moved the camera at some point. Uh, and let's go to the river cam for a little bit. I do want to thank the 428 people who are watching. Um, I do need to make a little switch here to members only chat mode for a sec. Um, but I do want to say if you are new here, uh, don't forget to click that red subscribe button over by the taillight on my van somewhere. There's a red subscribe button. Um, and let me get my settings up on the screen here. Um, there we go. And there we go. So we're going to move into uh, members only mode. Uh, what that means is that chat is open to members only. And I will answer questions directly from the chat uh, for the next few minutes. So if you are a member, if you're someone who clicked that subscribe button down below, sorry, the join button, I don't know where it is. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. And if you have a question, please put it directly in the chat and I will answer it. Let me see if there are any in the chat yet. Usually it takes a few moments. Why don't I do an audio check while we're waiting? It looks like Linda is saying to Maria C, it's an Italian restaurant. So they're having a nice conversation. It's probably going to make me hungry. Uh, and then Modag says fist bump. So a fist bump is a new way of congratulating someone. If two people meet and they do that, it's different than a handshake. It's safer than a handshake right now because we're in a pandemic. Okay, Moto Explorer. Hi, Teacher Bob. My question, are you overcome, how to overcome shyness and start a conversation with random people, which is the easiest way to make a friend? So I don't know a good answer except to, in a nice way, if the person is doing something, uh, ask a question about what they're doing. So here's two examples from my own life. 
I was walking by the lake and a man was fishing. And I started a conversation with him by saying, did you catch anything yet today? Another time I was, oh, I've lost the second example in my mind. Oh, the other time I was on a hike and a person was walking by and they had the same camera that I have. And I said, oh, hey, are you out taking some pictures? What, what do you usually take pictures of? And he said, birds. And then we started talking about the camera. So there's not easy ways to start conversations with strangers, but that can help. Julia, hi teacher. Could you please explain how, you, how YouTube works? I mean, what do they approve the most? More likes or more comments or more views? YouTube likes it when people watch the entire video. The best thing you can do if you want a video to be successful on YouTube is to create a video that's interesting, that people watch from the start until the end. Likes, comments, those all help a little bit. But if you, when my videos come out, if all of my subscribers watch the entire video, that tells YouTube that it's a good video. And then YouTube starts to show it to more people. So that's the secret, Julia. Uh, Betty Lou, hi, teacher Bob. Would you mind randomly sharing some English words with you, which you like the most? Plus, can you name three things you think it's important for language learners? Hope you are well. I think I like a lot of words. Um, I, what, what word did I hear the other day? Uh, oh, newfangled. So someone uh, saw the computer I was using and said, oh, is that one of those newfangled laptops? When you say newfangled, it means like brand new or interesting. And it was actually not really a new computer. So, but they thought it was newfangled. Um, and then three things for learners. Um, I don't have three, I have four. Read, write, listen, speak. Make sure you do all four. They all are very, very important. Um, Maria C. Dave the Canadian. Awesome. Of course, I will be the Spanish moderator if I can help. I'm always ready. Awesome. And then Lolly Lolly, who's been a member for 20 months. Awesome. Uh, that's great. Lolly says hello from France. Hi, Lolly. It's good to, uh, good to hear you say hi, and it's good to see you. Uh, let's see here. Nightbot putting the chat question up. Vladimir. Hello, Mr. Bob. I wanted to ask you about the flap T sound. Do you use it in such words like winter eater, like weed eater? daughter that's my struggle now thank you so winter i say a hard t in the winter um i don't soften it but in words uh like eater eater you can hear it sounds more like a d and daughter daughter it sounds more like a d so uh tricky you need to find a list of those and that can be very very helpful mode eggs giving the uh, fist bump strong arm sunglasses look i think that's what i'm seeing Julia, I just wanted to say welcome, Lolly Lolly. There you go. Uh, Eugene from Etobicoke says, Good morning, Mr. Bob. Uh, what's the occurred events happen in the economy like black swan, gray rhinoceros? Thanks. I don't know much about that. All I know is with the stock market, when there's a bull run, I think things are going up. And when it's bearish, I think things are going down. Modegs, hi, Mr. Bob. Wait, I just clicked something and everything scrolled. There we are. Hi, Mr. Bob. Studies have shown that what causes the ice cubes in your water bottle to melt is neither water nor the ambient temperature. It's rather the warmth of your good heart. It's the warmth of my hand. That's what it is. When I put my hand on the bottle. Not sure if I'm making ice cube sounds and slurping sounds. Uh, let's see here. Um... Hi, Bob. If you like to say, hey, folks, folks is, means friend. Yes, I use folks because 
I'm old and I like the sound of it, but it means younger people might say, hey guys, or hey everybody, but I just say folks a lot. Hey folks, we're going to have an English lesson today. Get ready. Uh, Sita. Hey Bob, thank you for your great work. I'm very happy I could I could be here yesterday and also today. That's awesome. Good, Sita. It's good. It was good to see you yesterday uh, when we did the lesson on fixing and repairing. Hey, let's go to Rivercam so people don't get too bored listening to my voice. And let me get to the next question. Uh, Tin says, "Hi, Teacher Bob. Do we have learn all? The, do we have to learn all the tenses? Those confuse me." So yes. Um, to get by though, you only need to learn five or six, but it is important to learn them all. What I will say is this, once you've learned a few of them, it gets easier to pick up and learn the other ones. Uh, let's see here. Um, Vladimir, sorry, this, the, the, there's a, uh, a glare on my screen. So Vladimir says, Hello, Mr. Bob. Hello, everyone. Mr. Bob, what is standing on the right side of the camera? I think it's a car accumulator, isn't it? So on the right side of the camera is my van. It's the back of my van because it's really, really windy here today. Um, And so I parked my van to block the wind. I think that's what you're talking about. Now it's gone, right? Yeah, I moved it. Mode says to Lolly Lolly says, Lolly Lolly is a veteran. I always look up to her and practice my broken French with her. Yes, Lolly is a veteran. Uh, Maria C. Hello, Bob. How are you? What a wonderful landscape you offer to us while doing your live streams. You are always taking care of even all the little details to make the perfect videos. Yes, I like to think so. Um, Sometimes, though, I just make a video quickly and it's not as enjoyable. But I do like to think about things like, seems silly, but I moved the picnic table so you could see it better. So you could maybe imagine sitting there as well. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Julia, oh, I see. Thank you for explaining. No problem. Brent from American English with this guy says, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with Bob the Canadian. This, this is, a, I, I was just going to express myself rudely. I was going to say stupid pandemic. That would be how a, an English speaker would talk about the pandemic right now. We would just say stupid pandemic, stopping all of us from doing the things we want to do. Uh, Yeah, let's get through this pandemic, Brent, and then uh, meet up. Linda, one day, Brent, you will. Yep. Um, Mickey says, good afternoon, Mr. Bob. It's Giovanni from Brazil coming with more phrasal verbs. So my question today is, how should I use the phrasal verb wind up? Could you make a sentence? Thanks in advance. So when I'm done, I wind up my cables. So I I loop them up and I wind them up. Um, When you fly a kite, when you want the kite to come down, you wind up the string. Um, And you can also wind up a person. It means you say things to them to get them really upset about something. You can wind them up. Mode says, uh, I look forward to that. That'd be fun. Rod says, Mr. Bob, how is it coming back to work in person? Have a great weekend. It was good, Rod. Um, I really enjoyed my week. It was a nice time at school. I really liked the classes I have and the students seem to be awesome. Uh, Moto Explore. Oh, and Rod, have a good weekend too. Uh, Moto Explorer, thank you. I will try it out. Which one is correct? Make it worse or make it worse or make it worse. They look the same to me, Moto Explorer. Make it worse or make it worse. Yeah, they look the same and I would use both of them. Okay. I hope it doesn't get worse out here. Um, And if I move the van, that would make it worse. Uh, Let's see here. Linda says, Bob... Oh, 
Where did that go? You guys are quite chatty today. That's awesome. Uh, Linda says to Mode, Bob didn't appreciate your poetry. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Julia says, I usually say welcome when new member shows up in a green line. Yes, I appreciate that when people do that. Mode says, it's a good way to remind people to stay hydrated. Yes. Oh, I didn't know there was an ice cube emoji. Brent's thanking Mode. Uh, Panthera Nori is here. Hi, Panthera. Good to see you. Hello, Teacher Bob. Hello, everyone. Uh, Tin says, or Thin says, thank you, Mr. Bob. I'll try my best. Um, Betty Lou. Hi, Teacher Bob. What's the difference between decrease and reduce? Also, do you find it hard to speak French while you're a beginner? Or maybe writing is most difficult part. Um, so, I've been eating too much. I need to decrease the amount of food I eat. I need to reduce the amount of food I eat. I think we use reduce more. I think they're fairly equal. Um, but yeah, I definitely do. I need to eat less this week. Um, and then, yes, it was most difficult for me to speak when I was a beginner. It was easiest for me to read when I was learning French. Uh, Mirage says, middle finger to the know-it-all. So Mirage is... Uh, I saw Mirage post this a week ago too. Um, uh, the middle finger is considered quite rude, Mirage. So I'm not sure who you're directing it at. I'm not sure who uh, is the know-it-all. But uh, when you give someone the middle finger, it's the, it's the same finger I talked about earlier. It's a rude gesture in English. Um, Vladimir says the weather looks like it's warm. It's somewhat warm, um, but the wind is quite cool. Uh, let me see here. Mickey says to Brent, I watch your live with Vanessa. That was so funny. Very cool. Um, let's see here. Merci, Modeg, pour ces gentils paroles. Thank you for the kind words. That's nice. Linda, sometimes I feel like when Mr. Bob starts reading my long comments, he just wants to get this over with. I don't blame him, honestly. <laughs> no, that's not true. Hey, I am going to... Um, I do like reading all comments. It's not a problem. I am going to go back to normal chat and then I'm going to try and answer a few more of these members only. Fixing and repairing was my topic and I missed it. I'm a mechanic, by the way. It, it was fun, by the way, to talk about fixing and repairing. Sorry you missed it. Um, C'est un plaisir. Just a few chats going down. And then the very last one, sorry, I skipped a few um the last one from santi is it's nice to see how shiny and windy there and it's raining here so yes sometimes we have a beautiful day here and in other parts of the world it's a little different hey i do want to say thanks to the captains uh for the 99 cent super chat very very cool and as you can see it's everybody can chat mode again and i will get back to the questions let me get the first one on the screen. Um, so Pado says, what's your opinion of pidgin Englishes? So pidgin is a term for when people speak English, but they use a lot of their own words in the English. And there are different parts of the world where um, people do that. Um, my opinion is it's it's just another way to communicate. Um, and it's a it's it's just another the same happens with French. I think it might be patois. Um, and it's just another way to talk and another way to communicate. So I don't really have much of a, an opinion other than they're kind of cool. Uh, let's see here. Natalia, I have long wanted to ask, how do you feel about comments on your videos? 
every time I doubt how you feel better when comments are written or not since you read them. Um, I like reading comments. The thing that makes me the most sad about comments is that I can't always read or respond to them all. Sometimes there are just too many or I'm too busy that week. Um, I do really though appreciate the comments. 99.9% .9 of the comments I get are very, very positive. And so I do appreciate the comments and I do like reading them. Um, so even if I don't respond, do know that I generally read almost all the comments, especially on my second channel. Um, I read and respond to almost all of them. Uh, let's see here. Notive says, hi there. Do you want to come to Thailand? If you want to come to Ratchaburi, you can come. Someday I will visit places. I don't know when I will start traveling though. Why is the name of the movie? This is Muhanad. Why the name of why is the name of the movie Mission Impossible and not Mission is Impossible? Um, that's a good question. Because um, there's a show too called Restaurant Impossible now, where the sh this guy goes in and fixes the restaurant. I think it's just a way to express it. It's a cool way to make a title. Um, And we would use that only for titles like uh, tree, tree tall. No, I don't know if we would say that. I don't know. That's a good one. Um, it sounds better though. Mission Impossible. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Bar. What is the difference between the words it's and it's? Thanks. So it's is a short form of uh, it is. Okay. So it's going to be a long day. That's the short form for it is going to be a long day. Um, and it's, let me just get a formal description here. Sorry, I'm just pulling it up. So it's is a contraction of it is. And it's with no apostrophe is the possession. So it's my van okay no that's wrong so it, it's his that's how you would say it let me get this correct um it's going to be a sunny day is a short for it is going to be a sunny day okay um and then let me get an example of the other one uh let's see down here the the computer lost its power supply there you go or the car um, the car won't go anywhere without its wheels. There we go. Sorry, it's getting a lot windier here and it's a little distracting and I'm having trouble focusing on answering the questions right. But I will soldier on. We only have about 10 or 15 minutes left. I will get this done. So let's get to the next question. From Nazir. Hi, Bob. How's it going? I... I I had a few things to ask you about English, but I can hardly remember right now. They're just out of my mind. It's awful. Have a great day. A common problem when trying to think and write in another language. Sometimes it just slips your mind and you aren't sure what you were going to say. So here's the same question from Vladimir. Hello, Mr. Bob. I wanted to ask you about the flap T. Do you use it in such words like winter, eater, and daughter. So again, winter, I hit the T. Winter. Okay. Eater and daughter, I don't hit the T. Um, 
Sylvia, do you create any resources for teachers or would you consider doing it in the future? I had to add a word there. The only thing I do is this right now is a few weeks after a lesson, a Tuesday lesson comes out, you do get a full transcript and a fill in the blanks worksheet if you are a member. And if you are a member, you get a transcript of every Tuesday video uh, the same time the video comes out, actually a couple minutes later. Uh, other than that, I don't create any resources for teachers. 404 Not Found says, hi, Bob, you are Bob the Comedian. So I'm Bob the Canadian. Some people think I'm Bob the Comedian when I am being funny or telling any or telling jokes. Um, let's see here. Florencia, could you create a video on phrasal verbs that have the same meaning, little fix, for example, fix and fix up, or I'm, yeah, set and set down. I'm going to set my phone on the table. I'm going to set my phone down on the table. I'll put that on the idealist Florencia. And hopefully I find time to do that in the future. Next question is from Sukana. Hello, Mr. Bob. Thanks for these live videos. My question, what are the meanings and the difference between uphill and downhill? When you walk uphill, it's really hard. Okay. When you walk uphill, you are going against gravity as you go up the hill. It's very, very hard to walk uphill or bike uphill. It's a lot easier to walk downhill. It's a lot easier to bike downhill um, because gravity helps you. So that is the difference between the two, uphill and downhill. Woody says, hello. Are these words mustache and beard the same meaning? I saw one sentence in my lesson. My wife doesn't like my mustache and beard. So this is my mustache. I did shave earlier this week, so it's not as thick. But this is a mustache. Everything else is considered a beard, okay? If I didn't have hair here, this little part would be called a goatee. But because I have facial hair all along here, it's considered a beard, and this is considered a mustache. Hopefully that helps, Woody. Hopefully now you know the difference. And I can't help you with the fact that your wife doesn't like your mustache or beard. Um, you maybe should figure out what you like and what she likes and come to an agreement. Maybe you can compromise and have a mustache and a goatee. Maybe that will work. Um, Matt says, I lecture English lessons online. How can I become a better teacher? I would extremely appreciate some of your tips. Number one, don't waste anybody's time. The, um, the better, the shorter the answer and the shorter the explanation and the clearer the explanation, the more people will like it. If someone asks a question and it takes you 30 minutes to answer it, bad idea. If it only takes 30 seconds or one minute to answer something, do that, okay? So be concise uh, and be happy. Smile, be in a good mood. People do not like uh, a teacher who is grouchy or crabby or in a bad mood. Um, when I'm in a bad mood, the number of viewers goes down on my, <laughs> on my live streams. Um, and be relatable. Like, make sure, just talk to people. Um, students are people. They're not, um, you know, they, they have lives. So just be nice to them. Talk about your life a bit. Ask them appropriate questions about their life. Um, an example would be, sometimes I have students in my class who play on a sports team. And if I know that team, the school team played the night before, I'll ask how the game went. 
Uh, let's see here. It's a bigger, there's a long answer to how to be a good teacher and I don't have all of the details. A small worker from Earth. I think something landed on my head. Hi, Bob. Can you show me how to use function in a real sentence? Also, please pronounce basically and exactly. Thank you a lot. Thanks a lot. Um, function. So the function of this camera is to take my image and put it online. That's the function of that camera. The function of this microphone is to pick up my voice and it goes through this wire and eventually it comes out your speaker. That is the function of those two devices. The function of my van is to take me places to, so I can drive and go places. Um, so basically, that's how to use function in a sentence. I hope I explained it exactly the way you wanted. There, I used the two words at the end again. Me says, hi, Bob. What's the difference between either and neither, either and neither? There's two pronunciations. I will just use each of these in a sentence, okay? Um, my brother doesn't like pizza. I don't like it either. Okay, um, I don't like driving on the highway. Jen doesn't like it either. Neither is something that you would use usually to start a sentence. Like neither my brother nor I uh, like skydiving. Okay, so there's a couple example sentences. Hopefully that helps a bit. Uh, let's see here. Next question is from Nat. Hi, Mr. Bob. Glad to see you again. Could you please explain what is and how to use literally and apparently? Thank you and have a pleasant day. So literally is when you're saying something that's factually true. So if I said this, it's like the wind is blowing 100 kilometers an hour out here. I would not be speaking literally. But if I had something that told me the wind speed and I said, the wind is literally blowing 40 kilometers an hour right now. It means that I'm saying a fact, okay? If I said there were literally 1,000 people at the mall yesterday, it would mean I counted all the people, okay? Um, and then apparently, we use this to start a sentence to talk about a truth that we've just discovered. Like, um, apparently, my sister went to Holland last year. She didn't. That's a lie, by the way. But as an example, I could say, um, apparently... About 20 minutes after I start my live lesson, the number of viewers goes up because YouTube tells people I'm doing a live stream. Um, apparently, putting weights on the uh, my camera and my tripod was a good idea because it hasn't blown over yet. So there are some examples for you. Uh, so this is from Thip. Hello from Laos. How do you distinguish can't? and can well it's really easy to distinguish can't and can when english speakers speak very slowly and pronounce everything so um, when it rains outside i can't do a live stream outside so i tried to pronounce it really well but at my normal speed i would say this when it rains i can't do a live stream outside i am saying can't it's just that I go so quickly, you can hardly hear it. So you have to kind of understand the sentence sometimes. Obviously, I wouldn't say, if it rains outside, I can do a live stream outside, because I can't. So you sometimes just have to listen to the sentence to distinguish between the two. It's very difficult. It's similar to men and man. 
like there were two men and one man. It sounds somewhat similar. Uh, let's go to the next question. This is from Nancy. I have a question. What's the difference between what's in the box and what is there in the box? Are both okay? Thanks in advance. Yes, um, for sure. Sorry, it's getting near the end of the hour. Gonna have to wrap this up soon before I strain my voice too much. Uh, yes, you can say both. If someone had a box, you could say, what's in the box? Or you could say, what is there in the box? I would probably say the first one, but neither is incorrect. They are both correct. Um, what is there in the box? Yeah, there's a little more emphasis on that one, but they definitely both work. Uh, next question from Orsi. Hi, Bob. What is the difference between cellar and basement? So first of all, cellar, we have to correct the spelling. It's C-E-L-L-A-R, okay? A cellar is a room in a house below ground where people usually store um, like canned food or um, fruits and vegetables. We usually call it a fruit cellar as well. In English, a basement is simply um, a floor of a house that's below the ground. And it could have bedrooms, it could have a bathroom. But a cellar is more of a place where you store things um, in a house. Uh, let's see here. Giacomo says, if I apply your English study plan every day, plus comprehensible input, in what time... I'm going to fix this. How long before I'll know English? Currently, I am level A2. So, Giacomo, that's hard for me to say because I don't know how quickly you learn English. Earlier, we had a question about whether some people are more talented than others. But I would say this. If you're studying an hour a day and you're an A2 and you're doing that five or six days a week, and if you're making sure that, yes, you should get lots of comprehensible input, but you should also make sure you're doing some writing, that you're doing some speaking, have a conversation partner once or twice a week. You should be able to move up a level every six months to 12 months. But again, uh, you really need to hit the books to move up a level. So again, I don't know what your level is or how good you are at learning. Um, but uh, certainly getting to level B1 and B2 is doable with about an hour of study a day um, for about six months to a year. Six months is probably pretty short though. Probably a year or a little over a year is better. Getting from B2 to C1 though is, is a whole lot more work for sure. Uh, let's see here. Larissa says, what's the difference between welcome to and welcome from? I would rarely use welcome from. I, I just want to say welcome from all of us uh, like if I was talking in front of a crowd at my school, I might say to the crowd, I just want to say welcome from all the teachers who work at the school. Okay. Far more common is for someone to say welcome to. I often say welcome to this English lesson. And then I say the topic, welcome to my house, welcome to the great outdoors, welcome to, um, Welcome to the store, if I ran a store. All of those things um, would be a way to say welcome. But hey, one last look at the river cam. And then we're going to go to uh, full display mode for a sec. And I'm going to wrap up this lesson. Thank you to all of you for hanging out. Thanks for uh, taking some time to ask some questions. Once again, I apologize 
that I didn't get through all the questions. There's about 20 left. I don't really have time to answer them all. Hopefully you enjoyed the day or the lesson and the morning. Uh, I do want to say bye to a few people in particular. Um, I have to hold up my hand so I can see my screen. Uh, bye to Dave and Todd. Thanks, Dave and Todd, for helping out. Bye to Thin Lee. Bye to Brent from American Ace with this guy. Bye to Julio Lees and Mode Eggs. And I know that Ario is here somewhere. I know that Judith is here somewhere. Bye to Eduardo and New Ho and Panthera. And there's too many names and it's hard to see them all. So I'm just going to say bye to everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching. Let's go to River Cam mode for a sec just so you can see. No boats this weekend. I know last week we had the joy of seeing one boat go by, but none this week. Anyways, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for learning a bit of English. Uh, I'll see you Tuesday with a new video. Next Friday with a new live lesson. And uh, next Saturday I won't see you because remember I do three Saturday lessons and then I usually take a week off. So new video Tuesday, live lesson Friday. You won't see me next Saturday. I'll be relaxing. No, I won't. I'll be doing some kind of other work. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.